tashahhud. Now this is a position. Now, طيب. remember again, we say Allahu Akbar. When we come up from sujood in the second rakah, in the fourth rakah, in Maghrib, the third rakah, we say Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater. And we come to position of stillness and calmness. Now, when we're sitting in tashahhud, number one, it's the same sitting. So the same feelings we have about the same sitting in front of hellfire and the humility and that we're hoping for the forgiveness of Allah, those same feelings now continue until the end of the prayer. They continue till the end of the prayer, but now we already covered it, so we're not going to cover that again. We're going to cover the tashahud itself. Now, subhanAllah, we just came, you know, sajda, you make two sajdas, and then you come into the position of sitting to end the prayer. So what's interesting is, we just said sajda is the most greatest pillar of the pillars of salah. So how then now should we feel when we're sitting? Like we just came from the greatest part of salah. You know how you look at it? You look at it like, you know Allah Taala. it's like almost like, you know when you have, you go to your best friend, you need help. You ask him, can you help me out here? And you sit down, you talk to him and everything. And finally before you leave him, you know what he tells you? He says, hey, is there anything else you need? Anything else I can take care of for you? Just let me know, man, I got you. Don't be shy, ask me, I'll give you. I'll take care of you. This, brothers and sisters, this position is like the cherry on top of salah. Like the, the cream on, the icing on the cake. We just came out from sajda and to top it all off, Allah, we already talked about how close Allah is to us. Have a bayni wa bayna abdis between me and my slave. Now, Allah is like He's telling us, look, before you leave, anything you need, I'll take care of you. So what do we start with? We start with at-tahiyyat. Now just like Fatiha, we praise Allah before we make dua. Just like when we say, Sami Allah al-Hamidah, we say, Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Then we go into suit and make dua. Here again, we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We say, at-tahiyyat illah. And this is in your handout. There's five different narrations. You can say your handout only has one of them. This narration of Ibn Mas'ud. At-tahiyyatunillah. All types of greetings are for Allah. You know when you greet royalty? You know you say your, 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 you know, your, your honor for a judge. Or you say your majesty for a queen or a king. Your royal highness. Those kind of things. At-tahiyyat means all these royal compliments are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All and every form of royal compliment is for Allah. We said the alif lam at the beginning, tufit al-istighraq, it gives the meaning of every, every type of, of compliment. Then, we say, at-tahiyyatu lillah. All these compliments, these greetings, are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Is that understood? All the greetings, the wonderful good greetings you give to royalty is for Allah and Allah alone. Then you say, was-salawat, and the prayers. Now the scholars actually say prayers also includes any form of ibadah. So all my ibadah are for you, Allah alone. And it reminds you of sincerity, why you're worshipping Allah. And you're telling Allah, you're talking to Allah. Remember, uh, hadith says that you are talking to Allah in your salah. You're saying, At-tahiyyatu lillah, wa-salawatu wa-tayyibat, all the royal greetings and all of the salawat and all the ibadat, all the worship, and wa-tayyibat and all good things are for you, Allah alone. Then you say, and by the way, at-tayyibat, the scholars here say, that it refers to like internal ibadah. For example, the akhlaq, the adab of a Muslim, the character of a Muslim. This is also what scholars say is included in at-tayyibat. Then you say, As-salamu alayka ayyuha nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace be upon you, O Prophet, and the mercy of Allah and His blessings. Now, a couple points here. Number one is why do we go to the second person for the Prophet 
Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabi. Oh, oh, you, peace be upon you, O Messenger of Allah. Are we talking to the Prophet So, what's interesting is that, you know, Allah says in the Quran, for example, فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغِ If you turn away, if they turn away, then it is only upon you, O Muhammad, عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغِ To give the message in a way that touches the hearts. الْبَلَاغِ بَلَاغَ In a way that touches the hearts. So Allah addressed the Prophet in the second person. Now when we recite Qur'an, do we change it because we're not talking to the Prophet? No. You know, Qaddafi, he said, he said, you know, Allah says, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say, He is Allah that is, who is one. So he says, Allah is talking to the Prophet. We don't talk to the Prophet, so we should remove every part in the Qur'an that says, قُلْ Take it out. To say, هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ Don't say, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ He said, that's ridiculous. You don't change the words of Allah. And just like that, Ibn Mas'ud, he says, كَانَ رَسُولَ The Prophet would teach us the tashahud, just like he taught us a surah from the Qur'an. Therefore, we say it just like the Prophet taught us. As-salamu alaykum ayyuhal nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's what we say. Now, I want you to imagine this. Those of you who are here for the first session, you'll understand this more than everybody else. Imagine if the Prophet walks through the door right now. And you know what he went through. The suffering he went through. The insults and the attacks and the physical abuse and the character assassination and how many children he lost and Amil Huzn and Ta'if and all these things. And he walks through the door and you have the opportunity to go to him and shake his hand and say, Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Imagine if you could say salam to the Prophet. How would you feel? You know, and before I continue, you know, Jabir ibn Samura, he says that I went out with the Prophet on a night that had a full moon in the desert. So there's not many pretty things in the desert, it's pretty plain. But he's saying there's this huge full moon, and he's out with the Prophet and he says, he says, فَرَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَ The Prophet was wearing this red cloak, and he says, فَجَعَلْتُ أَنظُرُ إِلَى الْقَمَرُ وَأَنظُرُ إِلَى وَجْهِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم فَلَهُ عِنْدِي أَجْمَلُ مِنَ الْقَمَرِ He says, I began looking at the full moon. He's sitting here and he's looking at the Prophet's face. Looking at the full moon, looking at the Prophet's face and he says, I came to the conclusion that the Prophet is more beautiful than the full moon صلى الله عليه وسلم. You know, Muhammad ibn Ammar, he tells his mother, Ya Ummah, sifi li Rasulullah. Ya, oh my mother, describe to me how the Prophet looked. And she says, Ya, he says, Ya Bunay, law ra'aytahu la ra'ayta shamsa ta'ali'ah. If you saw him, it would have been like you're seeing the sun rising. You know, the beauty of a sunrise. If you saw the Prophet's face, that's the beauty that you would see. Imagine if he walked through the door and you could say salam to him. How would you feel? You know the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith that Imam al-Nawwi classified as sahih. Imam al-Bani says it's a hasan hadith. He says, مَا مِنْ أَحَدٍ يُسَلِّمُ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا رَدَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيَّ رُوحِي حَتَّى أَرُدَّ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ He says, no one sends salam upon me except that Allah returns to me my soul and I say وَعَلَيْكُمُ السَّلَامِ to that person. So now when you're in tahiyyat, 
and you say, Assalamu alayka ayyuha nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Know, brothers and sisters, that your salam is being presented to the Prophet and his soul is returned to him and he sends salam to you. So just like we would feel if he walked through the door and shook his hand, let us feel that feeling as we're in prayer. Prophet said in a Sahih Hadith, "Sallu alayya fa inna salatakum tablughuni haythu kuntum." He says, "Send salah upon me, send blessings upon me, because no matter where you are, it will reach me." Hadith on Sahih. So Subhanallah, all of us now say, "Sallallahu alayhi wasallam." The Prophet's returning all of our salam to us. So when you're in salah and you say this. You're, you think about these things to help you have khushu. Then you say, Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. Peace be upon us and all the righteous slaves of Allah. Now, what's interesting is this. Number one, we make dua for ourselves. Number two, we make dua for the righteous slaves of Allah, not all slaves of Allah. Why? Why not everyone? Because this is a form of motivation. You know what happens, brothers and sisters? Just imagine this. I just put these numbers together. I don't know if they're true or not. I just hypothesize there's 1.5 billion Muslims in the world. Let's say 400 million pray five times a day. 400 million Muslims pray five times a day. Allah, I don't know if it's higher. No, you guys can disagree. But just bear with me for a second. 400 million Muslims are day, a day are saying nine different times, because there's nine tashahuds and five just fara'id. We're not talking about sunnah or tahajjud or duha or anything. Just the five obligatory prayers, they make this dua, Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillah salihin. They wish peace and security upon all the righteous slaves of Allah. You know what that is? 400 million times nine. 3.6 billion dua a day. A day that a righteous slave of Allah gets across the world. What about two days, three days, five days, ten days, a month, a year, fifty years, a hundred years? Yeah, we can't even imagine how many du'a the righteous slaves of Allah are receiving every day. So that's amazing motivation. We want to be amongst the salihin. And not only that, every time, brothers and sisters, you make du'a for your brother in his absence, or your sister in her absence. The Prophet ﷺ said, there is an angel who says, And for you is the same. So when you make this du'a, an angel tells you, you have the same, the same du'a for you. Subhanallah. Can you imagine we're saying this du'a in salah? Man, this means so much to us now. Then we say, أَشَّدُوا أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ وَأَشَّدُوا أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبَدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Let's break this down quickly. We say the testimony of faith. There is, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is a messenger and a slave and messenger. Number one, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Now brothers and sisters, we have to understand something. The Prophet ﷺ, he said in a hadith that if, if someone had sins to the point that it was written on scrolls as far as the eye could see, 99 scrolls this equivalent, and they were brought, all these sins, were brought these scrolls. Imagine, they're probably like bigger than this masjid. Huge scrolls. And they're put on the, the one side of the scale. And, the, and, and then the slave, he feels like, I'm destroyed. He, imagine witnessing this. You see all these bad deeds on one side of the scale. And he says, I'm done. But Allah tells him, oh my slave, you have something on the other side. He says, what do I have? And a small like card is brought that says, La ilaha illallah. You were a Muslim. He says, Ya Allah, 
I mean, really? Why are we even comparing, why are we even weighing these two? That's a card versus 99 scrolls as far as I can see. But it is placed on the mizan, on the scale. And la ilaha illallah outweighs everything else. Nuh salam, before he died, he advised his son, I, 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 I advise you with two things. He says, I advise you with la ilaha illallah. Because he says, if all the heavens, we talked about how wide the heavens are, if all the heavens of the earth were put on one side of a scale, and la ilaha illallah was put on the other side, the other side, la ilaha illallah would outweigh all the heavens and all the earths. Subhanallah. So we have to, when we feel, when we say, ashadu an la ilaha illallah, we have to feel it. You know, brothers and sisters, what is the greatest wish of every Muslim? That when they die, what's their last words? La ilaha illallah. You know, there's a man in Syria, you guys see the video? There's a man in Syria, he was buried up until his neck. And they told him to say, say la ilaha illa Bashar. You guys see this? They told him to say, there's no God but Bashar. And you know what he says? La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. Until you, the video, you watch this. They took the dirt and they covered his face and they buried him alive. But you know what his last words were? La ilaha illallah. مَنْ كَانَ آخِرُ كَلَامِهِ مِنْ هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Whoever says لا إله إلا الله as his last words in this world will enter Jannah. Now my question to you brothers and sisters is how can we say لا إله إلا الله at the time of our death? The Prophet says مَنْ عَاشَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ وَمَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ بُعِثَ عَلَيْهِ what you live on is what you're going to die on. What you die on is going to be what you're resurrected on. If you don't live la ilaha illallah in every day of your life, if you don't submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, I have submitted my soul completely to you, O oh Allah, then how do you expect to at this time of death to be able to say la ilaha illallah? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ Allah will strengthen the believers to say this قول الثابت, to say لا إله إلا الله before they die and when they're in the grave. I want you to imagine this brothers and sisters. The Prophet said in a weak hadith, he described the two angels who will question the people in the grave. He says their hair is as long, as so long that it's dragging on the ground behind them. Imagine you're in the grave, the small space, maybe two feet, three feet, by seven, eight feet, that's it. The small space, he says, these two angels, huge creatures, come to the person in the grave, and they sit him up. And he said, they're so frightening, their, their hair is so long, and he says, their eyes look like lightning. And their voice is like thunder. You know when you have, you guys have bad storms here. Just the other day there was a hailstorm, right? When you hear the thunder, when it's close, doesn't it shake you? It shakes you. Imagine it being in this closed and cornered, a small grave, you know, the small space, and the angel has a voice like thunder. And he says, Man Rabbuk, who is your Lord? And the grave shakes and you're so scared. Wallahi, wallahi, just the sight of seeing them will cause you to forget everything you ever knew. So how then when you hear this booming voice and you see this frightening faces, can we say, Rabbi Allah, my Lord is Allah. 
من عاش على شيء مات عليه. What you live on is what you die on. If you are a believer, Allah says He will strengthen you to say Rabbi Allah in the grave. But you have to live a life for Allah. Don't expect to live away from Allah and then to be given this blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now then we say, وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ And I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah sallallahu Now again, this is a reminder that we only worship Allah. Now what do we say? Abduhu, his slave. And the Prophet one of the biggest things he advised the ummah was don't take my grave as a place of worship. Don't we see people going and saying, Ya, oh, oh, Nabi Allah. People even making sajda to the grave of the Prophet. Even people will go and call on the awliya of Allah. And they might have been awliya. They might have been the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I remember when I went to India, my only time I went to India, we passed by this grave. And there were all, even schools would go and visit this grave. There's children all around. They're teaching their kids this. They're going and saying, Oh, wali, so and so, ask Allah to bless me with a child. Oh, Allah, ask Ask Allah to bless me with whatever. This is shirk. There is nothing greater than tawheed. You can't. This is the basics. And that's why you might think this is something simple. Like tawheed is, I mean, really, that's the most basic thing. What, what did the prophets advise their children when they died? Tawheed. We mentioned Nuh salam told his son, stick to la ilaha illallah. Ya'qub salam. Am kuntum shuhada'a idh hadara ya'qub al-mawt. Idh qala libanihi ma ta'buduna min ba'di. He asked them, who will you worship after me? That was the most important concern. So when your children, if you're going to die and you're telling something to your children, what will you say? Pray five times a day. Take care of your sisters. Take care of your aunt. Take care of your mother. The prophets would say, take care of la ilaha illallah. Don't ever pollute la ilaha illallah with any of these pollutions of quote-unquote drawing close to Allah. The mushrikun, they used to say, we only worship idols. We don't worship them. We're just, they're intercessors between us and Allah. The same claim Muslims say, the awliya of Allah are intercessors between us and Allah. La abadan. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. That's what we die on. That's what we hope to be resurrected on.